Welcome to the Thrive Church weekly message. We hope you enjoy this message and we pray that it blesses you. For more information about this podcast or other resources, visit thrivechurch.co.nz. Man, I'm really excited to be preaching today. Um, I've absolutely loved this series. I think it's really cool. Um, I was sitting in church. I've got some awesome kids leaders that have taken over doing upstairs for me, so I've been able to be in all the services so far. And I was sitting in church on um, the first Sunday when Sam was speaking. It was so packed with these powerful revelations. And I was like, man, if this was a competition, I would not want to be Mitch next week. (laughs) And then I sat in church last week when Mitch was speaking. I was like, man, if this is a competition, I would not want to be me next week. Um, And I was like, damn, how do I follow that? But the beauty of it is is that... um, I feel incredibly privileged, I know all four of us do, Jack included, that we actually have um, an awesome opportunity to share on topics that we individually and collectively are really passionate about. Um, So we had Sam speaking on the first week on um, the Father Heart of God and really unpacked the very nature of who God is. And then Mitch spoke last week about the victory of God and and what what his son endured in order to save us. And so This week, I want to unpack why. Why does God love us so much? Why did he send his son to the earth? And you guys are really quiet, so you're welcome to give me a a hoot every now and then. Because it's really, I can't really see you all. And I've heard, Josh just told me just before the service, that adults are easier to preach to than um, youth. So you can, um, I hope you live up to that reputation, because I love speaking to youth. Why is it that God loves us? I think it's really simple. It's a really simple um, concept, and sometimes it's really hard actually for us as humans to grasp, but I believe it's because we are important. Turn to your neighbor and say, I believe I'm important. I believe. I love that Joyce Meyer, um, the Joyce Meyer voice in the video, eh? (laughs) All right, turn to your other neighbor and say, I believe you are important. I think you can do it with a little bit more conviction. So this time I want you to turn to yourself and say, I believe I'm important. Good, nice. I love that I believe statement because actually it's, um, I feel that it's a very unwavering declaration of your life. It's a really unwavering way of, um, of stating your core values. Um, Man, I just love, I think it's really powerful. The things that you declare over your life is what comes into fruition. So when we partner with the truth and when we start declaring these truths over our lives, we've had three of them so far and Jack's going to bring a powerful one next week. We actually, we actually get to start living in that truth. When we, when we speak it out, it becomes our reality. And so God, I just thank you this morning for your truth. I thank you for your word. I thank you that you love us so much that you sent your son to die for us because, because we are the apple of your eye, God. And so today I just thank you that that's going to become a real heart revelation for all of us. In Jesus' name, amen. I actually had Judah Van Berkel pray for me before the service, so I feel the covering. I feel very holy, um, and he was powerful. So if you don't know Judah Van Berkel, he's five, and he's wearing a Superman costume today, and he looks super cute. But have you ever been in a situation where you just feel small? Like you feel like the little fish in a big pond. 
Um, might have been maybe you've stepped into a new environment and it was a bit scary or, or maybe you've been in a situation that seems really overwhelming and, and helpless and you've just felt like there's nothing you can do. I went, I grew up in Rangira. I was born in Rangira Hospital. I lived in the same house for 17 years of my life. I was safe to say I'm a small town kid. Um, I love it because in my heart, Rangira is a city. And one day I know it will come to be what I believe it is. <laughs> but I was a small town kid. I went to Rangira Borough across the road for eight years. I did all my extracurricular activities. I did either in Rangira or I did dancing in Kaipoi. So I lived in a very close-knit um, close knit community. And for eight years of my life, I thought I was pretty cool. Like, I thought I was pretty awesome at everything. I thought I was the best dancer in the world. I thought I was the best singer in the world, even though I only sang in the shower and in choir. We went to the old people's homes and sung carols for them. Um, but uh, it came time after eight years of primary school for me to select a high school to go to. And mum and I, um, we applied for a few different places, but we really wanted to get somewhere that was actually going to um, nurture my gifts really well. And so we applied for a few places in town. And, um, and the one that stood out for me was Burnside. Now, if you don't know, Burnside High School is the second largest high school in New Zealand, the largest in the South Island. It has a role of 2,700 students. Um, and they're all really good at performing arts or sports. Like they were, it was as, it's a public school, but I considered it like, it was kind of like an elite school for performing arts. They had this special program um, for musicians that if you got into the special program that only selected eight students a year, that's how intense it was. But if you got into that program, then you were automatically granted entrance into the, um, into the school. So that's how much they valued their performing arts. So I was like, I'm gonna go there, cause that'll be awesome. And I rocked up on the first day I knew absolutely no one. There were 600 other year nines around me, and they all knew, they all had friends because they all went to town schools. And I sat there and I was like, I feel so small right now. I've never been in a situation where nobody knew my name. <laughs> I've never been in a situation where I knew no one else's name. And I sat there and I was like, I'm probably the tallest person here right now, but I feel very, very, very small. And, um, and <laughs> that first term was a big, big learning curve for me because I went along to dance auditions um, at the school and found out there were like 30 other girls that could get their legs right up here and they could do cartwheels with no hands and stuff. And I was like, damn, I can't do any of that. I was like in the bottom rung of dancers there and I didn't even get into the choir. It was heartbreaking. <laughs> no, nah, it was good. It was good. It humbled me, which is what I needed. Because um, my head was way too big. <laughs> but I felt small, and I think in life, sometimes it's really easy. We look at the big picture and we, we look at this big, awe inspiring, incredible God who created the whole world. And it's really easy for us to go, oh, I'm just one person, I'm really insignificant. Um, and sometimes, I think even subconsciously, we struggle to live out of the revelation that God actually loves us we're really important to him. Like individually, we are really important and really important to him. Um, let me read Ephesians 1 verse 4 and 5 to you from the message version because I love this version. It's so good. Long before he laid the earth's foundation, he had us in mind. He had settled on us as the focus of his love to be made whole and holy by his love. Long ago, he decided to adopt us into his family through Jesus Christ. What pleasure he took in planning this. He wanted us to enter into the celebration of lavish gift giving by the hand of his beloved son. Isn't that cool? That's so cool. I love that line. 
Long ago, he decided to adopt us into his family through Jesus Christ. Do you know that we're destined for sonship? And by sonship, I don't mean we all have to be male. I mean, we are sons and daughters of the king. We're destined for sonship. That's who we are. If you have a pulse running through you this morning, in fact, actually, I want everyone to check that you have a pulse, because if you don't, I'll be very, very, very concerned. Everyone's good. Give me a thumbs up. You're all alive and breathing. Praise the Lord. But if you have a pulse running through you, then that's actually who you are. That's part of your DNA. There's no escaping that. That's who God destined you to be. But we so easily fall into the trap of living like an orphan. And I think orphan is, that's a term that gets thrown around church a lot. But if you don't know what I'm talking about, I mean, I don't mean literal orphans. I mean, I'm referring to the sense of lack, sense of abandonment, loneliness, isolation, worthlessness, and alienation. See, I have these, um, these statements that I read every now and then. Um, just to, to help me identify the areas in my life where I'm not living out of that truth um, that I'm a daughter of the king. And I shared them at Youth, um, youth a couple of weeks ago. I think they're quite cool, so I'm going to read them today. The orphan spirit offer, operates out of a feeling of insecurity and jealousy. The spirit of sonship functions out of love and acceptance. The orphan spirit is driven by the need for success. The orphan spirit... Oh, sorry... The spirit of sonship leads him into his calling. The orphan spirit serves God to earn his love. The spirit of sonship serves God out of a sense of divine acceptance and favor. The orphan spirit is always in competition with, the, with others. The spirit of sonship is always blessing others. The, spirit, the orphan spirit lacks self-esteem. The spirit of sonship walks in the love and acceptance of the Father. The orphan spirit receives its identity through material possessions, appearance, or performance. Spirit of sonship is grounded in the knowledge that he is the son of God. The orphan spirit says there is not enough. The spirit of sonship says, I have access to all of heaven's resources. The, spirit of, the orphan spirit hides away in shame, and the spirit of sonship accepts salvation. See, once we understand who God is, we understand what he's done for us, and we understand that he did it because he so cares for us, because we're so important to him, we actually can start living out of our royal identity. Um, Chris Valentin says, when you realize who you were, who, when you realize who you are, you realize that you were behaving below your nature and you were living short of your potential. Man, I never want to live short of my potential. If there is a life that God has planned for me, if there are purposes that he's laid in front of me, I will actually want to get everything out of the way so I'm just walking in those purposes. Amen. And I think it's the oldest story in the book, the enemy comes to kill steal and destroy. He wants to rob us of our connection with the Father. He wants to rob us of our inheritance and he wants to rob us of our identity. And he wants to keep us down because if he can just keep us from knowing who we are, from walking in who we are, then he's one. If he can keep our head down, if he can keep us feeling small, then he's one. But the problem is he uses the same tricks over and over again. (laughs) And that's why I believe it's so important to be making these declarations over our lives so there's actually no room for the lies of the enemy to come and penetrate. And I'm just being very, very real and vulnerable. I have a constant battle um, with my self-esteem, constant battle with my self-esteem. It's something that um, I've been working through since I was a little girl. And I've spent hours and hours in prayer and getting ministry and seeking God's truth. And I've had so many victories along the way. In fact, I have a tattoo on my back that says Beloved um, because I had this really deep revelation a couple of years ago that actually God 
if I was the only one on earth, I would be God's beloved. And so I wrote that on my back, to remind, even though I always forget that I have a tattoo, I wrote it on there to remind me that I'm God's, God's beloved daughter. But there are still times, because I'm human, there are still times where I let my guard down and I lose sight of the intrinsic value that God has laid in my life. In fact, this week, actually, I had a real struggle with it. Um, I was away on holiday in Golden Bay, and I was really excited because I knew I was preaching today. And I always, I don't know if it's just me, but I always feel like whenever a preacher comes and preaches off the back of a holiday, they always have these really cool God stories from the holiday, like they were walking down beside Lake Wanaka and they skimmed a stone and saw the ripple and then got some intense revelation about the goodness of God. <laughs> or they were walking along the beach and a seagull came and landed on their shoulder and out of the seagull's mouth came the audible voice of God or something like that. None of those stories are true, but I always feel like they've always got these big like, ah, oh, I've been away with Jesus. Um, and I had none of that. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to write my message while I'm on holiday, I'll be by the beach. I'm a naturalist, so every time I go to the beach, I'm just like, God. But um, I wasn't like that this time. <laughs> and I mean, I had an incredible time on holiday. We went running down sand dunes and kayaking and played cricket, which I was really bad at, <laughs> um, and had some really cool family time. But despite all of the blessings around me, somehow my mind became focused on all the things that I lacked. And all my insecurities welled up and I was struggling. There was one particular night where I was just really struggling to see any reason why God would love me at all. In fact, I was feeling so insecure, actually, you can ask Matt, she'll testify, <laughs> that I was like, I'm not preaching on Sunday. There is no way I'm getting in front of you. I don't want everyone looking at me. I was just so ashamed. I don't want people to see me, um, which is funny because I do this all the time. But um, I was given in. And the fact, that, the fact that I had to preach was making me feel physically sick, just being honest. <laughs> Plus, I was like injury queen, not even like impressive industry, in, injuries, just like little annoying ones that were just enough to get you down. And so I got really badly sunburnt because I'm ginger, and I always, I always like to deny the fact that I get sunburnt, so I laid out in the sun thinking I was going to get gorgeously golden, and I got red. <laughs> <laughs> So I got sunburned, and that was annoying, and then I woke up most mornings with a really bad headache, and then I jumped into the river and smacked my shin really hard, and just stupid little things like that, but that was just annoying. Um, and then on the last night, we were getting ready to go out for our cousin's 12th birthday, and I was curling her hair, because I thought that would be cute. Actually, Ella asked me to curl her hair, and then they all lined up. So I was curling everyone's hair, and, um, and I just finished Rachel's, and so I'd put the curling iron on the floor and I went to sprint out of the tent to get the bobby pins and like I stepped <laughs> like I mean toes went into the things and like put all my body weight onto 230 degrees worth of um, heat <laughs> and it hurt a lot like I was it was throbbing all through dinner that night um, and we'd wrapped it up with some stuff on it and stuff and I went to bed that night and um, I had to, I don't know why, I don't think it was helping at all, but I was kind of like gripping my foot because it felt like it was on fire. And I was trying really hard not to cry. I think I shed a few wee tears because it was really hurting. And so Mitch was like, why don't we pray? And I was like, at this point, I was like, eh, whatever, God doesn't care, but yeah, you can pray if you want. So man of faith that he is, he prayed for me. And in the morning I woke up and Mitch was like, oh, how's your foot doing? And I was like, well, so I wriggled my toes. And I looked at him and I was like, um, 
can you remember what foot I hurt? Because <laughs> there was no pain at all. Like, it didn't even hurt. And um, in that moment, it was really simple. God just said, see how much I care about you. And that's all it took to remind me of the fact that I'm so important to him. That in a world of 7 billion, 395 million, 152,000. Actually, it'll be more than that because it went up 4,000 even as I was looking last night. But in the world of that many people, God saw my pain and he healed me. He healed my toes, of all things, just little toes, and he cared about that. Psalm 16, verse 3, the Lord does wonderful things for his followers on earth. The Lord shows he truly loves them. And he really does. I can testify. My toes can testify. As soon as I had seen that, it kind of opened my eyes to all the blessings that were around me, all the little ways that God had blessed us on that trip. And when we had like countless financial blessings and just all these cool little victories that I had, I had missed because I was looking down and I was feeling small. And so I was so moved by that. I was really thankful by it. Um, so Mitch and I uh, a couple of nights ago decided that we'd start a wee prayer box. And that was with the intention that we could write down things that we were believing for, not just for ourselves, but for our friends, for our family, um, just in order to be able to actually partner with the fact that God wants to bless us. Um, and so we pull two, two prayers out and pray over them every night with the hope that one day we'll be able to transfer those wee prayers and put them in a testimony book and actually keep a, keep a record of all the good things that God is doing, from small things to big things. Ephesians 2 verse 4 to 8, But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive in Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved, and God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms, in order that in the coming ages he might show you the incomparable riches of his grace. I love that word, incomparable riches of his grace, expressed in his kindness to us in Jesus Christ. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not from yourselves, but it is a gift from God. How cool is that? It is a gift from God. There are two key things I want you to take, take home today. Number one is that you are more important than you think. We're always more important than we think. Without you, the world is not complete. God created you not only because you're important to him, but you're actually important to the world as well. God put you in your family for a reason. He put you in this town for a reason. Your piece of the puzzle is so important because without it, actually the world is not complete. History is not complete without you. Romans 8 verse 19, for creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. I love this, I love this verse so much. The creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. And if you read Genesis, you realize that actually God put us on the earth to rule and to reign, to walk out in our royal identity. So in other words, all the whole world is waiting for you to step in to who you are, to realize who you are and partner with that. Number two, his love is for you. And I could, if I could get the band up now, that'd be awesome. His love is for you. Did you know John described himself four times in the Bible as the disciple whom Jesus loved? And if I met someone who walked around being like, I'm the disciple who Jesus loved, I'd probably laugh and tell him to shut up. Um, but actually, it wasn't, he wasn't saying that out of a sense of self-entitlement. He wasn't saying that because he genuinely believed he was more loved than everyone else. There was no competition in it. He was clearly stating who Jesus said he was. And he was brave enough to state that. His love is shining on us all the time. And actually, 
not only is John the disciple whom Jesus loves, but you are the child who Jesus loves. And that's why, again, it's so important to be making those declarations over our lives. I believe I'm important to Him. I believe you're important to Him. His love is shining on you. So cool. And in a moment, we're going to sing a praise song because I believe this is reason enough to praise God. But if there's... um, if this has resonated with you at all, if there are, if there are areas in your life when, where God's just illuminated the fact that you haven't been living out of your identity, and it might not be your whole life, because I know for a fact that there are areas in my life where I know in my head that I'm a child of God, but sometimes it's just hard to get that heart, connect, heart revelation. And so if there are areas in your life, then I wanna invite you after we've sung this praise song to come up, don't be afraid, come get prayer. Um, We'll have a team of people that are willing to pray for you. But this morning, I believe that we should actually all be praising Jesus for the fact that He loves us so much, that He sent His Son for us um, so that we can actually live in connection with Him. So Mitch, why don't you take it away? I'm really excited to praise Jesus. Thanks for listening. For more information about this podcast or other resources, visit thrivechurch.co.nz.